Think about it. Amen. The impact and the power of the message of Christ. And this whole passage, this passage that we shared together today, deals with that influential factor of the church in the world. It deals with who we are. Now, I know a lot of times we don't feel like all that we are, but we, you know, God has called us to something. He didn't say, you are going to be the salt of the world. He said, you are. He said, if you work on it, you don't take a good evangelism course, you'll be the salt. No, 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 he didn't say that. He said, you are. And it was shortly after he called his disciples. In the fourth chapter, we see him calling the disciples. And there he said, I will make you fishers of men. That's a process. But the reality is, if Christ is in our lives, we are the salt of the world and the light of the world. We are. It's just a fact. It's a fact. We're influencers for God. How many here have ever heard of a, a man by the name of Edward Kimball? You ever heard of Edward Kimball? Yeah, one or two of you have. Well, you know, Edward Kimball, how many have ever heard of Billy Graham? Yeah, yeah. Edward Kimball was a shoe salesman, okay? Just a shoe salesman. One a great evangelist, one a great preacher. He was a shoe salesman. And Edward Kimball worked alongside of a young fellow by the name of Dwight L. Moody. Kimball witnessed to Moody. Moody got saved. Moody became a great evangelist, touched a lot of people for Christ. And Moody spoke a word to a fellow by the name of Edward or of Frederick Meyer. Meyer got saved. Meyer preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Meyer touched a fellow by the name of Wilbur Chapman. Chapman was a mighty man for God. And Chapman touched the life of a young ball player by the name of Billy Sunday. You've heard of him. Sunday was a great evangelist, a powerful evangelist. And Sunday went to Charlotte, North Carolina, and he preached a, 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 a revival and uh, touched the life of a, a, a man by the name of Mordecai Ham. And you probably know the rest of the story. Mordecai Ham preached one of the last nights of the service, and uh, a young, tall, lanky young fellow came in, worked on a dairy farm. Got saved. His name is Billy Graham. And he touched the world for Christ. They said there was never one who preached to more people than Billy Graham. And now young Graham, Franklin Graham, not so young really, doing a powerful work for God. The influence, you never know who you're touching for Christ. You don't know. Only history can record what takes place when, when we let the light of Christ, when the salt and the light of Christ shines in on our lives. It's powerful. I, I, I recognize today that as the followers of Jesus, we are influencers in the world. 
I did a little study on salt. Now, they say there's about 14,000 uses for salt. I know it. It's shocking. Uh, it's, it's shocking. But I started looking at what some of these things were. I'm not even going to begin to go into it today, but salt is such a part. You know, a good part of our body makeup is, is uh, sodium chloride, salt. When, you do, when the doctor does the blood work, you know, they check that. And uh, there's so many. And, and during the war, they use salt to clean wounds. It's a purifying agent. There are so many things. In Bible times, they were paid with salt. You've heard of the saying. I know some of you old-timers have heard of that saying, he's not worth his salt. <laughs> they paid people with salt. Salt was a tremendous commodity in the day in which Christ preached this message, and it still is. And I believe what Jesus had in mind more than any of the other uses were the, the thought of the salt being a preservative. You recognize that without refrigeration, they used salt to, uh, they salted the meat to preserve it, keep it from decay. And uh, as a preservative, as a purifying agent, as a seasoning, oh my, who could possibly cook without salt? I don't care how, what, how nice a piece of meat you can grill, if you don't season it, it's lacking. You could say amen. It wouldn't scare me a whole lot. And, and the reality is that you, you, we need it. I, a Pastor Chuck couldn't make his spaghetti sauce without salt. You try to make some good spaghetti sauce without seasoning, you're all washed up. You can't do it. We need that. It's so vital. So here's the Lord Jesus. He just calls these men. And he, he sees the crowd beginning to gather, and he goes to the mountain. That's why they call it the Sermon on the Mount. And then he summons his disciples, his followers, the men that he called, the people that he chose. He called them to come close. In the, in the uh, opening verses of chapter 5, he said to them, as he saw the multitudes gather, he went to the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And he's saying to those whom he called. And you know what, folks? I think sometimes we need to recognize that we've been chosen, we've been called. I, I, you know, there's this, there's this, this, this uh, uh, ministry of the enemy. To be the accuser of the brethren. You understand that, don't you? That it's the devil's business to keep us down. It's the devil's business to get us discouraged and, and to keep us from thinking that we're of any value. Yeah, he's the accuser. He puts people down. He lies. He's a liar from the beginning. He lies continually. And the problem is we, we hear these kinds of things, we think these kind of things, and we fail to recognize that God very carefully chose every one of us, just as he called the disciples. I remember the night that Brother Chuck and I were saved. We were saved on the same night. 
I think it's about 63 or 64 years ago now, Chuck. Can you remember? You don't remember the year, but you remember the event. You remember? Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we, I, I recall something that stands out in my mind. You know, and I forgot a whole lot of stuff now, but there's some things you never forget. You don't forget when God deals with your heart. You don't forget Holy Ghost conviction. You don't forget those kinds of things. And the conviction of God was so strong in, those, in that service, in those days, that night that we gave our hearts to the Lord. It was, it was a powerful, it was, it was the Spirit of God drawing, calling out, choosing. Jesus called these men. And then he called them and he said, now lean in, guys, come close. And he began to teach this lesson on the salt, the value of this commodity, the power of the of the salt and of the light that Christ had put in their lives. Hallelujah. In the beginning, the Lord, the scripture teaches in the book of Genesis that God made man in his image and in his likeness. He created him. And he breathed his life into him, into the man. And folks, you and I have we have by the fact that we're born again, we have the DNA of God in us. Think about it. Think about it. Jesus breathed on them. He said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. The life of God. The power of God. The light of God. The recognition of God's divine DNA as a preservative. We keep the world from corruption. As a preservative, we prevent the rotting. Now, let me tell you, our world's in pretty tough shape. I don't need to tell you that. You know that. But I want you to think what it might be like. if it were not for the light of Christ in the world today. We're dealing with a horrendous, uncertain future for our great land, for our great country. But I want you to know there's an influence for God. I want you to be encouraged to recognize today that you and I are influencers. And when people are, are standing out boldly for their crazy and insane ideas, it wouldn't hurt us to get a little bit more bold, a little brighter, to speak out for our Lord. Amen? Amen. To just let the light shine. It's who we are. Don't let the enemy discourage you and let you think you're a failure. It's who you are. You are salt. You are. By the DNA of God, by the breath of God, by the salvation brought to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be encouraged. We need to recognize that God has put a precious, valuable commodity in our lives, the light of Christ. It's interesting that Mark, Mark speaks to us in Mark chapter 9. In verse 50, he says, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something. If the light of God is going to shine in us, if the salt is going to work in us, yeah, I think it's verse 50. Uh, he says, you know, be at peace with each other. Hallelujah. Be at peace with each other. <laughs> it's good to sing that old chorus this morning. I'm, I'm trading, I'm trading my sorrow. I'm trading my shame. I'm trading my, trading all the negative junk for the joy of the Lord. We need the joy of the Lord. <laughs> we, we need, we need a fresh baptism of the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Be at peace with each other. Let the light of Christ shine in you. Now, you know, Jesus says, if the salt loses its potency, some translations say potency, they tell me that salt does not lose its flavor. But it can lose its potency. And I, you know, I really had to dig in on that one. I, I had to check that out. How does, how does it lose its potency? How does it lose its flavoring power? Well, by the elements, by being exposed to the elements, one thing and another, letting the elements overpower the salt. But the reality is, it loses its potency by being compromised. By being compromised. It loses its potency by being um, well simply by by by, by not being uh, uh, poured out if it's if it's isolated if it's if it's kept in the salt shaker my wife's not here this morning she's running late but she puts the salt way over on the far end of the table where I can't reach it. She thinks I use too much. You tell me, what's popcorn without salt? If we keep it in the salt shaker, if we don't get it out there, if we don't mix it in, if, it, if, it, if, 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 if it's not being... Pour it out. It ain't gonna do much good, is it? Jesus said. He said. In Colossians chapter four and verse six. He said, "Let your speech." This is a powerful verse, folks. Yeah, we got it. Let your speech be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every man or each one. That's, that's such a powerful verse. That's, that's a prayer we need to pray. Every day we speak words. We speak words to our children, to our grandchildren. We speak words. Words are powerful. And, and this scripture says, let it always be with God's grace and season it with salt. Season it with the salt 
that God has put in your life, the salt of the word, the salt of God. You know, we need to speak it. We need to share it. We need to, uh, we, we, we need to be uh, people that encourage. We need to, I'll tell you, our world needs encouragement. We, we need to be encouragers. We need to speak words that build up, edify. We, we need to ingrain them into young lives. Encouragement, edification, exhortation. The Bible talks about it. Some of the gifts that God wants us to use in the church to build one another up, to, to uh, exhort, but to do it in a positive manner. Not tear down but to build up. Scripture says you are God's workmanship. Ephesians 4.10 We are God's workmanship created in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, people can't see our doctrine. They, they can't see our doctrine. can't see what you believe. They can only see it by what you do, by our action. God has created us for good works. The Holy Spirit within us gives us that power and that ability. There's a verse of Scripture in Second um, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. I think we've got that verse. It says, for the mystery of lawliness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. You ever see that verse before? That's a powerful verse of scripture. My understanding of that verse is that the Holy Spirit of God, who lives in the lives of the people of God, the believers, the salt and the light, are a restraining force in this world, holding back the onslaught of the tribulation, of the Antichrist, until we're taken out. The world's evil now, but there's a whole lot worse coming. We're a restraining force. We're a preservative force. We're a force for God. Then he concludes with, you're the light of the world. So if you didn't get the first object lesson, let me give you another one. You're the light of the world. And a city set on a hill cannot be hid. The temple was on a raised up. The menorah was the great light that burned in the temple. They could see that light. The city on a hill. From an airplane. Have you ever flown in an airplane at night and dark? And suddenly you see lights all over the place. You know you're getting pretty close to the city. Getting close to the destination. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. I like what Jesus said in his 15th verse. 
Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. It gives light to all who are in the house. The house. We've got people here today. We've got children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. You've got something, you've got something that a lot of, a lot of young people today don't see anywhere except maybe in the house, maybe at home. It's vital that we're careful at home to let the light of Christ shine. Vital. Vital. You know, if they don't see it at home, it's likely that they'll not see it. Most all of us are some, you know, probably a product of uh, influenced by those who went before us. Certainly this family that, that we belong to was. There's a legacy. There's a light. There's a brightness. There's somebody there to shine the light of Christ. Teach us the way of God. A light for the house, a light for the family. God's light is in us. It brings glory to God. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but he'll have the light of life, the life that gives life. Hallelujah. We used to sing it. I don't know if they do in children's church anymore, but this little light of mine. Hide it. No. No. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Another choice verse. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Look at that verse. You read the book of Genesis, the earth was without form and void, and God said, let there be light. He commanded the light to shine out of that darkness Now he's put that light in our hearts to give light, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You remember when Moses, hungry to see the Lord, to see God. Remember that story? I think it's in the 34th chapter of the Exodus. Had this long, he wanted more of God. God said, you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, I, you can't see me and live. The brightness of God's glory is so, so powerful, so magnificent. It's the light that overpowered the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. It's the glory that caused uh, Stephen the martyr's face to shine. The glory, the power of God. But Moses went to the mountain. And God covered him there with his hand. Beautiful, beautiful story. 
He spent some time in God's presence and then he came down the mountain. Remember what happened? <laughs> His face was so radiant people couldn't stand and look at him. He had to put a sack over his head. Or being that close and in the presence of God, the glory of God reflected from God to Moses' face. I don't know a lot about science, but they tell me that the moon is the reflection of the sun. Could it be, folks, that Jesus told these fellows, look here, guys, learn it from the beginning. Come close, lean in. I'm, a, I'm in the process of doing something in your life. You are light. You are salt. You are light. But as we draw close to him, more of his radiance, more of the reflection, more of his likeness can be exhibited in our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I heard the story about a, a boy walking through the uh, train station. He's crippled. Walked with one crutch. And he carried a basket of fruit. One man bumped him. He fell, and his fruit fell all over the place. Man walked on. Another man came along and helped the boy get up and picked up his fruit, put it in the basket, and then he put a silver dollar in the boy's hand. The little boy looked around and said, Mister, are you Jesus? No, sir, he said. No, son, I'm not Jesus. I'm just his follower. Jesus said, so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. By what we do, folks what we say. Jesus said, by, the, by love. By love shall they know that you're my followers. The motivation of God in us. When we're tempted to get rattled, give somebody a piece of our mind, we'd be better off to smile at them Show the love of God. Jesus said, who do you think was neighbor? The priest that passed by on the other side? Or the one who stopped and gave aid? Took money out of his pocket? I want you to know every time you give, every time you give to missions, every time you don't know who you're touching for God. There's, there's, and I'm going to tell you something. There's probably somebody in this body of believers who God's got his hand on. And we're all influencers. There's somebody in your family that God's got his hand on. 
and were influencers. Be soft. Be light. Let God be glorified. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father God, we thank you, Jesus, for the word this morning. It's not mine. It's yours. You said you are. Not going to be one day. You are. You are salt. You are light. Thank you for breathing on us life. Breathing in us life. Thank you that we have your DNA. Your love. The Holy Ghost that sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. The word that feeds us and nourishes us. The fuel for our lamp. Lord, breathe on us afresh today. Breathe on us afresh today. When we go to that old same old place, that same old job tomorrow morning, wherever it is we're at, with the next family gathering or wherever we're at, Lord, somehow let the light shine just a little bit brighter. Let the flavor be just a little bit sweeter, a little more savory. <laughs> Help us not to compromise the message, not to compromise the work of your goodness and mercy, but to let it be known and be told. Let our words be always with grace and seasoned with salt. Oh, God. Oh, God. Touch your church today. Father God, I, I just add my prayer with that, Lord, uh, for Pastor Ricky today. My God, quicken and bless him, Lord. He's there with a mission, with a desire. I pray you just bless him. Use him mightily for your honor and glory, even in this place. Father, just bless your people today. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. We love you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, folks. Have some coffee and get ready for Brother Chuck. He's got a stem winder. I teach a little. He preaches. God bless you, folks. Amen. Amen. Joel, you want to say anything more? Okay. All right, I guess we're done then, huh? Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for a cup of water. I'm going to drink a little of it.